Sylvia and me. Sylvia and Sylvia and me. Sylvia and me. Sylvia and me. Sylvia and me. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. I'm Shulpa Yarlagada. I'm the founder of Shifonco and the Startup Girls Foundation. Welcome to Sylvia and Me. Shilpa, thank you so much for being with me today. This is fantastic. And I say that because I came across what you're doing. And it's not just that you're the founder of Chiffon Company and Startup Girl Foundation. It's really what all that is. And one of the quotes that I have from you is, sometimes instead of following what everyone is doing, if you look to what they aren't doing, that can be the beginning of discovering how to innovate. What I want to start off with is before we get into telling people what you actually do and what this is all about, can you go into a little bit of background of your schooling and where you are right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in California in Silicon Valley. So that's where I went to high school and, you know, was surrounded by so many entrepreneurs, innovators. It was definitely, you know, inspiring to see people have an idea and turn it into something so real. Um, and I think growing up for me, I actually realized like so many of my role models were, were men. I just never really saw that many women starting companies, investing in companies, and um, especially going into the field I was interested in at the time, computer science, there were just so few women so it's always been you know I guess a passion of mine to want to you know involve more women in the field I think you really can't be what you can't see and um, entrepreneurship and innovating it was something I always like loved and I think partially it's because of where I grew up but it's definitely exciting to see more women participate in it now and that's kind of what you know led me to the idea when I was at college um, after my freshman year like I really realized fine jewelry, which is something that I love and has been like a huge part of my culture, had like margins that I felt could actually be used to do something really good in the world. And I didn't understand why for-profit companies didn't care enough about, in, in addition to making money, how can they leave like a positive impact in the world? And I think with Chiffon and Startup Girl Foundation, from like the very beginning, before we even started selling our product, it was always our goal to use the profits to fund female entrepreneurs and to really build this sustainable business model in which we could give back where one woman's success could lead to another woman's success. And if we're funding women and they're succeeding, any equity that the foundation would ever own would just go towards funding more entrepreneurs to hopefully build this never ending cycle of giving back. And we do all of this through a little pinky ring that represents a pinky promise to pay it forward to support women. Okay. So I want to go back just a little bit. You started this back in 2017. You're an undergrad um, at Harvard College. And what made you even think that you could do this while being a full-time uh, student? Well, I mean, I'd always been like pretty much a full-time student my whole life. So it's not like I was like thinking so much about, wow, I have to balance so much. I think my whole life, like 
if I had like interests that were separate from my classes, I kind of just had to find a way to be creative and to make time for them. So I think I was less concerned about doing school at the same time, but um, more so like just really having no idea how to even begin because there's so much that you don't learn in school. But I think what school teaches you is how to learn. And I think if you're a good learner, you can learn just about anything. And I think I'm part of Gen Z and a generation that really grew up with Google and the internet. And I think the way that you can start a company now is probably very different than how it was done before. And for me, I just actually Googled how to make jewelry. I had like read some articles and I loved Wired Magazine. I was like reading a lot about 3D printing and how people were using that in the jewelry space as well. And it was something I never really realized how jewelry was made. So it was the first thing I tried to really teach myself from Google searches, um, but obviously have come a really long way from that. <laughs> so one of the things that um, I know that you um, you started the company with some prize money that you won from some educational YouTube videos that you had created. Uh, and from the very beginning, as you said, you started Startup Girl Foundation at the same time, taking, I believe it's 50% of your profits for this foundation. And I know that there's a study in the journal Science that found that girls as young as, as six are less likely to think members of their own gender can be brilliant and that they are less likely than boys to pursue activities requiring that exceptional intelligence. Your mission at Chiffon is to close that gender gap, especially in entrepreneurship. How could you, how, how did you decide that both things would start simultaneously? I mean, I, it's, I think, you know, the, the passion behind the foundation has always been there for me. I just never realized it would turn into something that could be a foundation. In high school, I had my own nonprofit, um, Club Academia, and that was really making those video tutorials to help students learn. And I was struggling myself to understand so many concepts and realized the student perspective is so valuable. Like sometimes when you don't understand something and you finally do, you have that like epiphany moment that's more relatable to other students than even learning from a teacher who knows the material so well that it can be difficult to teach it to someone who's learning it for the first time. And I think there's so many similarities to that, which I was doing in high school, um, the concept of being a student and why the student perspective matters and entrepreneurship and why like a young founder's perspective matters for other founders. Like when you look at like startups and you see how high the failure rate is, like it, it really made me wonder like, why is it so high? Because like when you look at like, other things like graduating school, like, you know, other success rates are so much higher. And it's like, why is it so hard to be a successful founder? And I think it is something that's not really taught in school. It is something where there isn't, I think, always this collaborative community for founders to access. And it's like, how do you begin when you don't know where to start? And I think that was something I really wanted to figure out how to help women overcome. I think it was really important beyond just giving women capital for us to build a culture of mentorship and a real community. Like I know for me, um, one of the huge drivers of traction for us was that I had access to 
some really incredible women that guided me into my journey early on. And just so many incredible mentors, I think, are responsible for what I've learned. So I think really combining this concept of support beyond just capital, um, but also capital being a part of it and using profits from our jewelry was really kind of the vision that I did have. And I think the reason it matched so well with jewelry is I think fine jewelry is something women like wear every day. It's so meaningful. It's so special. It gets gets passed down. And when you think about how gold isn't even made on earth and the fact that, you know, people are still looking for treasures like from forever ago uh, in the sea it's 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 something so historic and I think all the brands I really admired growing up they're so rooted in history because of the jewelry they made and I really wanted chiffon to be a part of the history that's yet to be created and I think luxury companies have the top of the top have been very successful and clearly they have large margins they are big businesses and I just felt like they have so much power so if chiffon could ever get to that position I think that could make a really big difference for the world and for women. Well, I know that one of the things is that you have one item, the pinky ring, um, and it does come in in a, in a couple of different variations. But one of the things that you're focused on and that you've said is doing something simple well isn't easy. And you wanted to focus all of your energy into making a hero product that could give back. That's pretty, um, that's a pretty strong statement. And it's so true because a lot of people don't stick to doing something well. They'll try to cram in a lot. And that's where they could fail because they're not, they're giving mediocre to a lot instead of exceptional to one. Why did you even come up with that idea of that one pinky ring? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, we started chiffon with my classmates and my friends. Um, we were not just designing one product. We were just trying to get some practice, making jewelry, designing it. And I I felt like Chiffon's mission and our story was so powerful and could inspire so many women and really making it something that like unifies us was something so important. And the idea really came because of all the mentors that we had, even the process of the ring and the design, it's, it's constantly evolving, getting better. We're speaking to all the women wearing it, our mentors, seeing how it can grow because the concept was really that I didn't know my ring size. So my whole life, I've actually never worn rings. Like this pinky ring is the first ring I've ever worn. And it's because like part of growing up, your your hand changes, your fingers change size. And I just never really found a ring I like. And then I, I decided like, why is there no high end adjustable ring? So the concept of this was really, it was in the shape of a spiral because it represents spiraling women upwards. And there's large diamond and a little diamond in our rings to represent the one woman supporting another. And throughout this journey, I felt like I'm always like the little diamond, but I want to grow up and be a big diamond. And I feel like it's kind of all the women I'm surrounded by who are uplifting me that are guiding me there. And I think that concept of support and especially for women is so important because I think if we look at like the last 20 years it's it's been very difficult for women we haven't had access to equal opportunities we aren't represented equally in a lot of fields and I think sometimes that makes it seem for us that there's not enough success for all of us we have to 
compete with each other. And I mean, we're realizing that's not true. And I think part of why Chiffon wants to support entrepreneurship is because I think entrepreneurs are the people who innovate and rewrite the future. Like even as like certain fields are succeeding or we see more people succeeding, I think that actually shows us that there's even more opportunity that hasn't been tapped, not that there's not enough for the next person to get there. So I think that cycle of uplifting one another and spiraling up is really what we want to embrace. So I think any product we do after this, we we have one more that's very meaningful. We added to our collection at the very end of last year, but I think all of the products Chiffon does, they have to be very intentional and meaningful and I think that's what really separates us from other brands. Um, I believe you're right. Now, uh, you funded about 11 companies uh, so far through through the profits uh, from your duet pinky ring. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've also partnered with a non uh, some nonprofit partners, and one is One Young World. Um, In fact, you've received more than 700 startup applications from entrepreneurs across the globe um, through the One Young World Chiffon Startup Girl competition. Um, How do you even um, take a look at these applications and figure out which ones are ones that you really believe have a true vision? I mean, we, we're so lucky we get to work with One Young World. I'm so in awe of the work that they do and the community they've built. Um, I had reached out to them in 2016 before I even built Chiffon, um, just because I love the One Young World Summit that they were hosting. And they have the greatest network, in my opinion, of young leaders across the world. So I just felt if we were going to do a startup competition and really tap into a worldwide network of entrepreneurs they would be incredible to partner with and they were and it was really wonderful because their team had also like put so much time into sourcing the applications into reviewing them and really giving us kind of the short list of like okay these are the companies that we we think are kind of the best fit and we had some incredible mentors and we're able to pass it along to them as well have these founders submit videos and really have conversations with them, look at what they are building and see how we could help them. And I think unlike other funds and people who are investing in companies, it's not always, I mean, of course we want to fund companies that we think will succeed because that's in the interest of giving back more in the future. But I think a huge component in deciding companies is also how much value can we add to them as well? Because I think, you know, in building this community that we want to grow, it's, it's really about like mentorship and like where we can support each other beyond just capital. Like we don't want to just write a check and then not speak to them again. So I think that was a huge part in funding the companies we funded. And um, after the One Young World competition, most of the companies we funded are actually like New York City based or within the US just because we felt a lot of our mentors and resources are here so we can provide a lot more support. And I think the community of these founders, if they're really able to support each other and learn from each other, like that's something that I think will continue to carry on. Okay, I wanna go to something uh, quite interesting and how uh, the chiffon and the duet pinky ring actually became known. Did you persistently message Emma Watson's stylist? Yes. (laughs) On LinkedIn? 
yeah I mean LinkedIn Instagram like I I think I started reaching out to her like in 2016 we hadn't even made a piece of jewelry it was the summer after my freshman year and I was just reading some articles about her and um, I just really wanted to speak to her and I didn't know how but we live in a digital age and I just thought I would try to reach out and she eventually did respond which was really exciting. Well she didn't just respond uh, she was wearing it uh, in Paris during the press tour uh, for a movie she was making and that was months before your website um, started accepting pre-orders. Since then there have just been a couple of sort of well-known people, Nicole Kidman, um, Serena Williams, and then we have Michelle Obama, who not only wore the ring, um, but when she was narrating a video encouraging women to vote, that was done in collaboration with Chiffon's uh, October release of a limited edition pair of hoop earrings. Uh, so, Moments like these uh, helped boost sales. So that took a lot of perseverance. You were not giving up. And because you didn't, so many other young women have now been able to start businesses. They've been able to be mentored by you um, and they've been successful and they're seeing success. And as we just mentioned, there are many, many, many um, more hundreds of applications that you're helping so many women realize that it's possible, that anything is possible. And actually, uh, Forbes, for their 2020 uh, list, you're on there, 30 under 30, art and style. Not too shabby. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Really? So if you had, we're now in, in the midst of the COVID pandemic and we are so, um, we're in a world that we've never really been through before. How do you see entrepreneurship building during this time? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes situations like a pandemic can be a catalyst for growth in the sense that we were already living in a very digital world before, but this has just caused us to rely so much more on the new innovations that have been built in the last decade. We're using Zoom, we're using Instagram more than we used to. We're watching TV a lot more. Like it's just, it's almost taken it to the next level where I think we would be in this world anyways in the next five years, but it's just maybe happening a bit sooner. And of course the pandemic has been, I think really, difficult for everyone and it's 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 crazy that we're all going through it but I think for for entrepreneurs like I think people always innovate like I think I for one of my classes um was reading a lot about like the great depression um in one of them and it was so interesting like how many businesses actually really came out of that like even like the grocery stores like I think in fact like sometimes like out of these very difficult times come out like solutions and companies that like are really robust and are built so I'm, I'm really excited to actually see what can come out of this time and kind of I'm very excited about like my generation innovating too I think in fact like 
having this pandemic maybe gave some people some extra time to really like reflect and think about what they want to do, what they want to begin. And I think there's so many resources now where you can really just start a company so much more easily than you could have before. Like even compared to when I started Chiffon, I think there's been so much growth in technology and resources to begin something. And I think the one thing about my generation I'm so excited about is that we're so purpose driven. So I think, you know, this next decade, I think will really kind of be the decade of like the purpose economy. And I think businesses not just caring about succeeding monetarily, but in terms of how they're succeeding in bettering the world too. Well, like you said, your mission is really, you aspire to generate a cycle of mutual support among women. And individual success is group success. And that's something that women really are just starting to realize that it does take a lot and being collaborative and moving forward does take collaboration. And you're doing something that's really helping so many women not just succeed business-wise, but to succeed on an inspirational and a, an emotional uh, level in knowing that there is hope and that there are people out there who want them to be part of the community. So what are some of the goals for your company? Anything new and what, have you, what are you going to be doing? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely one of the things we're, we're super excited about doing this year is really kind of finding a way to bring our community together in this digital time. Like we did have a really nice event on December 29th when, when the episode on CNBC premiered for the documentary Streets of Dreams that we were on. But it was really nice to have some of our customers, some of our mentors um, and women participate in this. But I think even now, anything that our brand can do to really bring women together um, and to really like mentor and support is something we care so much about. Like we realized out of the over a thousand applications that we have received from startups around the world, like we obviously haven't been able to fund a lot of them. So through Startup Girl Foundation, like, and just our Instagram, we are also just reviewing other female founded brands to really shine a spotlight on them. We really want to see if there's ever like one connection our community can make and really believe in like the power of manifesting and putting your dreams out there. So I think it's really exciting to see how our small community can continue to build like a stronger bond um, and grow a lot more. And that's what I'm you know really excited about, like focusing on this year is the spirit of like how we can kind of build that connection. Well, you definitely are. You are, as you said, first and foremost, you're a business that aims to be inspirational before it, it is aspirational. And you are leading by example. Shelpa, what is your website and how do people get in touch with you? Yes, so um, our website is chiffonco.com. Chiffon spelled with an S. And to get in touch with me, I guess my Twitter, which is Shulpa CY, and then also my Instagram, Shilpa Y is the best way to reach me. Well, Shilpa, I tell you, one of the reasons why I have this podcast is to spotlight inspirational, extraordinary women. And you are definitely an extraordinary, inspirational woman. 
So I thank you for joining me today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. On our next podcast, I'll be talking to another extraordinary, inspiring woman who has made her mark on the world. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and, of course, our website, sylviaandme.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to keep up with the latest episodes. Review, rate, and take us with you wherever you are. I want to hear from you. If you know of an extraordinary, inspiring woman, please contact me at sylvia at lifeofprey.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay safe. Today's podcast is sponsored by Upper Deck, the national full-service virtual gym that has reinvented the at-home workout experience. Upper Deck has more than 30 strength and cardio classes a week. Named Best Fitness Club in the Gold Coast for 2020, Upper Deck brings the gym to you with live coaching and motivation. Upper Deck's unique classes are interactive. They have two coaches, one leading your workout and one keeping her eyes on you, providing feedback and encouragement in real time. For a free week of unlimited virtual classes with no strings attached, email info at UpperDeckFitness.com and let Upper Deck know you're a Sylvia and me listener. This has been a Life of Prey production.